This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the AirPod, your one-stop shop for all the latest royal news and analysis. I'm your host, Omid Scobie, joined by my co-host, Maggie Reilly. How are you doing, Mags? Uh, I am fantastic, and anyone who follows us on Instagram will know why. The breaking news for the AirPod is that, guys, this week I met Yoshi, and it was everything and more <laughs> than I ever could have dreamed. <laughs> I'm surprised it took us so long, uh, but I, he he left very happy. What did he say he about me? Did he like t- me also? It out. Did he say he loved me? Because I told him I loved him like right off the bat when I met him. <laughs> The feels are there for sure. He, he had a good time. In case anyone is like their first time listening, Yoshi is Omid's dog. <laughs> yeah, just he is, to clarify. He's a real living thing. <laughs> but no, it was so amazing. I mean, it was so fun. Omid and I got to catch up in person, which, as we know, you know, we've been doing this podcast podcast for months under lockdown. So that in and of itself is always a luxury. Um, but to have Yoshi there as well was just like, oh, my heart. <laughs> I feel it's been a pretty blessed week in in London. I would say we've had good weather. Yeah. It feels like a sort of part two to the summer, and I'm definitely here for it. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I'll take that summer as long as I can. And it definitely feels yeah. slightly back to normal as well with the Cambridges back in London. Uh, we had the couple out and about in the city for the yeah. first time in I don't know how long. And it's, you know, again, it's those sort of steps back to, to normality that I think we've all, all been itching for for some time. Um, in fact, it's been a busy week for all members of the royal family. Uh, William and Kate, alongside their three engagements, the Cambridges uh, continued their work throughout the week. We had an announcement from Prince William for a very important TED talk that we'll talk about shortly. Um, and Kate launched the Hold Still digital exhibition. It's 100 images uh, alongside the National Portrait Gallery that captured the resilience of this country during the pandemic. And the Queen had some words on that too. And of course, Harry and Meghan had a lot to celebrate this week. Not only was it Harry's 36th birthday, uh, they also raised money for a very important cause. Uh, Meghan celebrated the first anniversary for a special project of hers. And uh, there was an interesting TV announcement for the couple uh, that we'll get into a little later in the show. But Maggie, it was good to have William and Kate back in the city. Yeah, it was really fun to see. You know, we kind of got a glimpse of it last week. That we uh, saw the Royals kind of for the first time out and about. And as we've always been saying when we were doing this under lockdown, when we finally see the Royals out and about in engagements again, it'll kind of feel like there's this hope back in the air, that there's this hope we can uh, get back to whatever a normal life looks like right now. Um, and we saw that a little bit last week, but then this week to see them actually out and about in London, I was actually struck by how impactful that was to see them uh, in shops, in restaurants, in places where, you know, mm. we walk around all the time. It almost felt like 
I don't know, dare I say, just regular, you know, royals walking around London like they're supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. We've always got royals wandering <laughs> around the streets. But of course, the Cambridges are back in London because uh, George and Charlotte are now back at school. Mm. So they're no longer based at Anmore Hall. And it was a great opportunity for them to carry out three engagements in one day at London Bridge, Whitechapel and also um, Brick Lane, which is uh, by an area called Shoreditch. It's sort of a trendy mm. part of the city and each engagement had its own uh, significance so they visited the London Muslim, Muslim Centre in Whitechapel to meet some of the volunteers that supported the local communities in East London by delivering food and medication to the vulnerable and they also headed over to the London Bridge Job Centre where William and Kate spoke with the customers uh, who have been impacted by the coronavirus and are receiving support to go back into work of course uh, job loss has been a very real issue for many throughout this pandemic around the world and hit London very hard. And, you know, scenes at the job centre are um, quite uh, a lot at mm. the moment. It's, uh, you know, a difficult time for many. So I think a really important issue to focus on that. We also had some fun from them when they visited the Bagel Bake Brick Lane Bakery <laughs> on Brick Lane, of course. Now, I, I asked you this earlier. I don't know how exciting it is for a New Yorker to hear about a great place for bagels in London. It is exciting because I miss them. I miss my good bagels. <laughs> but this place is kind of an institution in the area. I would say if you've had a night out in anywhere in Shoreditch or Brick Lane or Old Street, queuing up at the Bagel Bake at like 4 a.m. is definitely a rite of passage um if you haven't done it i would suggest it highly um i'm not sure if william and kate will have quite experienced that themselves <laughs> but they did get to experience the shop when they visited uh the owners um, but also got a chance to see just how business has been for them throughout this pandemic um but also get their hands dirty in the kitchen or clean i should say helping out with some of the bagel prep mm. It was so great to see. I do love thinking about um, the two of them potentially clubbing and then going to get their bagels, as you just mentioned. I feel like that's the engagement we really want to see of it. <laughs> but it well, yeah. I'll, I'll let you in on a story. Ooh, I'll let you in on a story. Actually. What? I have been Spill. not clubbing with William and Kate, <laughs> but I've been clubbing alongside William and Kate. Count it. It more counts. More than a handful of times really? in my life. So they, do, so they have got out then. I mean, we know they're regular people, but just sometimes you get caught up in the royal world and you're like, oh, they couldn't possibly have done gone clubbing done regular people things but this was you know this was back in the pre-marriage days and i okay. was far from the royal beat at this time <laughs> so i'm sure the stories would have probably a little bit more significance in my life had i been involved in royal news at the time <laughs> but i was just out having fun with my friends and of course they were very much part of that party scene in london um but no i don't think bagels ever took place in fact in fact i don't think they ever went out in east london they are oh. certainly more of a Chelsea um, I have before. so many follow-up questions for you but I feel like we should save this for another podcast just entitled like Omid's old days you know the, the prior life of <laughs> Omid partying with Will and Kate <laughs> but I think what was great about this was that this was a chance for William and Kate to really meet the local communities hear about the challenges that they faced over the last six months and also mm -hmm. shine a light on the on the people who've kind of gone above and beyond yeah. to help others during this time. Um, and, you know, I think also what we've really missed throughout this pandemic 
just from a sort of royal news perspective is great pictures of the royals doing the yeah, work that they do yeah. because over zoom it just doesn't have that same impact so to have the animated mm -hmm. photos of william and kate uh, you know helping out with the dough preparation and and uh, sort of shifting yeah. the bagels from one side of the kitchen to the other like that's the great stuff that we you that make we such a good point at first that those zoom calls had a novelty and we loved seeing them on zoom and seeing them that their backgrounds on zoom um but it quickly kind of got redundant a little bit so you're right seeing them in full life and uh even you know even though i know it's a lot more than the outfits you know just even going back to simple reporting on what were they wearing and what were they doing and what activities were they doing and who were they talking to and then you take it to that next level you know i think what we crave all the time but especially under lockdown we learned to really appreciate it was that human connection and you know it's just tough to get the same human mm. connection over zoom as much as we try and as much as you know it was a necessary sort of stopgap um being in person with people is just so special and i think we learned to appreciate it even more so now all of a sudden to have the royals back out meeting people meeting people that have been really affected by this pandemic and by this lockdown um, going to seemingly everyday places that are actually really at the heart of the city and at the heart of who's being affected right now and being there in person uh, it was really special to see and i think it was more impactful than i even anticipated it being Mm, absolutely. Um, I believe they actually went home with some of the bagels because we didn't see them try them on in, uh, taste them in the shop. Oh, interesting. I want on. details of what they thought <laughs> of the bagels. Because they wore masks, of course. Oh, uh, interesting. But they did yes, help yes. shape, I think, 30 bagels. How'd they look? So they were they do a good to, job? to mess around. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> bagel shaping is actually tough. You can get some I, I oblong have no experience bagels. in that field, but I attempted if you are, once. If you're, ever, <laughs> if you're ever willing to teach me, Maggie, I'm all ears. <laughs> we have a lot. Of, we have. I think we need to some at some point visit this bagel shop, Omid. Just for I, research. I, you know, I think I can find very serious professional reasons. Yes, for doing that, we're all, if nothing, if not professional. <laughs> Well, speaking of professional, uh, we saw Kate continue the work and the focus that she had put on the Hold Still digital exhibition this week, which went live um, via the National Portrait mm. Gallery and saw 100 images that I believe that Kate and a number of judges had spent hours and days poring over to pick the right amount. There were over 30 plus thousand wow. entrants for this exhibition. But the 100 final images... Uh, they believe capture the resilience of the British people throughout the pandemic. I loved these. And, you know, I've, I've, it actually, w when it was announced on the morning, it was, you know, I think was, we were all very focused on the fact that the Queen had praised mm -hmm. the entrance and she had released her own statement. But it wasn't until that evening that I was really able to pour over over the images um, and, and there are some really striking shots in there. It's obviously hard to explain because we're audio right now, but <laughs> you know, I'd say from the, from the, uh, you know, the virtual birthday parties or the community clapping for NHS staff or people dealing with illness and isolation yeah. and loss. 
Um, there's something for every moment uh, in, in that exhibition. There are. I think that's what I actually found so beautiful about this is that it's sort of encapsulated the range of emotions. You mentioned some of the more heartbreaking ones. I mean, the one that stuck out to me was a couple who was elderly holding hands. and It was titled, you know, Hold Hands mm. Forever. And it's just this beautiful moment of heartbreak, but also um, joy of being together. And you saw nurses uh, with marks of PPE on their faces. A lot of, you know, ones mm. entitled heroes of first responders and essential, essential workers that are really moving and remind you of the fear we also were living with and are still living with during this pandemic. Then you also have ones that just also portray the chaos of what life has been like. I mean, one that I... <laughs> The one you probably I can think of the one I'm going to talk about because it's, um, it's titled "We're Really Lucky to Have a Garden," and I'll try to describe it for people. And it's a woman who looks uh, fairly exhausted, sitting in a chair in her backyard. That is, you know, it's a paved um, patio, and there's a kiddie pool in the background, and then her child, who's probably around three years old, um, with his pants pulled down, peeing in the pot, potted plant <laughs> behind her, and her kids peeing in the potted plant, and she is just looking exhausted and like she's barely holding it together staring at the camera but if this doesn't sum up how so many people felt you know trying to care for their kids working from home no child care help having to put their kids to school just barely holding it together I mean I thought it was just a great glimpse and also how great that you know Kate and the royal family picked this portrait <laughs> is one of the hundred that they're going to share I thought it was a really uh, personal and quirky and a really great way to capture you know, the past few months yeah, I think it was a. I think for anyone looking through those uh, through through the images, and I do suggest you go and check them out. It's. Uh, I think the website's mpg.org.uk/holdstill. Um, but it's a real. It's kind of a, without sounding using a cliche. It's kind of an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember some of the 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 more sort of worrying moments that we had at the start of the pandemic. Um, one of which was the sort of lack of supplies in grocery mm -hmm. stores. You know, we were seeing empty shelves everywhere. And there's a picture in the exhibition called Empty that's just a boy in a grocery uh, cart yeah, um, that was against a, a backdrop one. of completely empty shelves. And of course, now that feels like such a distant memory. But at the time, it was a very w mm -hmm. real worry mm -hmm. for so many people. Um, and it, it, it firstly goes to show how strong I think human beings are. You know, we move on from things very quickly. What at the time feels like there's no return yeah. or things will never be the same again. I think we often felt like that, that return, the new normal really sort of became overused to points, but it was truly a term of, of significance. But actually when we look at where we are now, yes, a lot is still different, but we have we have recovered in so many ways or, or at least inched much closer to that. And so I think that whilst looking back is important, it's, it also gives us that sort of su signs of hope mm -hmm. because things have changed so much since where we were five, six months ago. That's such a good point. And also just the reminder that everyone is going through this together right now. And obviously everyone has different problems and different you know obstacles they have to overcome and different challenges. Uh, it is something that, you know, in this time in our world it's not just this was obviously based in the UK but it, globally it's something that everyone is dealing with mm. well Maggie I've got a question for Ooh, you what what do <laughs> what do Al Gore mm. Jaden Smith Chris Hemsworth and Don Cheadle all have in common with the Duke of Cambridge I don't know I got distracted when she said Chris Hemsworth and I stopped paying attention <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what? What? Well. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on October the 10th, all of them will be speaking at the first ever free TED conference, uh, which is called Countdown. Um, it's an event open to the public. Anyone can register to watch. It's virtual. Uh, it's a day-long conversation about climate change. And now this sort of continues the campaigning work that William has done for environmental causes mm. um, for most of his adult life now. And of course, uh, as has Prince Charles and, and Prince Harry, it's very much something that they're all focused on. But I think it's, you know, we don't often see the Cambridges or especially Prince William sort of crossing over into that more sort of uh, Hollywood high profile sort of uh, I guess high profile philanthropy stage mm. that we often see perhaps the Sussexes on so I think it'll be a really interesting event. Yeah you know I won't lie when you first start talking about this I, I kind of expected it to be Harry speaking at this event. Well, yeah, as did I. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's been very... What's interesting about this, and, you know, I, I would say it was interesting to see the commentary around this. I think it's, it, the reaction was very positive. But I think sometimes we see Prince Harry get criticised for that sort of uh, American high-profile figure slash celebrity yeah. affiliation that we've sometimes seen the Sussexes uh, sort of be a part of now that they are, of course, living in the U.S., but I think when, when you take away some of that nonsense noise, this really shows that the royals have this just sort of incredible ability to transcend, I think, the, any of those lines and sort of fit, be comfortable in any environment. And, and the impact, of course, will, will, will be there. You know, these are the moments where our royal family are sort of represented on the world stage, speaking mm -hmm. on incre incredibly important matters. And there should be a lot more of it. And, you know, also, we have to keep always reminding ourselves that there are, whether it's William or Harry, when they talk about climate change, this is something that you know, their family has been very passionate about for such a long time. It's not them uh, just all of a sudden deciding they want to join a group of celebrities that are talking about this hot issue, right? <laughs> you know, they have been working on this for a long time. And so for them, it's just an additional platform, an additional way to get the message out there. And if they can use their celebrity and the celebrity of others to do that, I mean, it, it's, it's something that... Um, it's not new, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that they just are, are joining the band, bandwagon on, um, just something they've been working on for quite some time. Exactly. Well, Maggie, after the break, we'll be catching up with the Sussexes and also speaking about the surprising news that Ooh. Barbados has chosen to remove the Queen as head of state in 2021. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, welcome back. Maggie, you know I love a birthday and we seem to have been spoiled <laughs> with them recently. <laughs> Prince Harry turned 36 this week. And of course, we saw every member of the royal family wishing him a happy uh, day of celebrating his birth. Quite rightly so. I know, I love these back-to-back -back birthdays. We love a good celebration here on the AirPod. <laughs> we do, we do. I think, it's, I think it's great to see these moments also marked very publicly. Um, it shows that, you know, that the, the, the care is certainly still there. And I, I think it, it always... It always does good when it comes to sort of the image of 
the family. Um, but more importantly, uh, we, of course, want to know what Harry and Meghan did to celebrate the day. And you read my I'm afraid mind. I can't tell you because that is all top secret. Really? But... Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> but we did hear from the couple uh, virtually um, in a very surprising way, actually, um, with the words, no better way to celebrate what really matters, oh. which appeared on the CamFed website alongside a personal donation of $130,000 to the African Girls Education Charity. Now this completely took everyone by surprise. No announcement was made, no press release was sent out. It was simply the charity that highlighted it on their website. But this comes after uh, a almost two month long initiative started by members of the Sussex squad, the Sussex, very loyal Sussex supporters, um, that started an initiative called hashtag inspired by Megan. Mm. And they also did hashtag inspired by Harry. And this was a, an, a, an event to raise money in the couple's names to provide scholarships to African women across the continent uh, to help them uh, cover their higher education costs. Um, and sort of achieve that sort of training and education that is so often missing in that part of the world. Um, but a really great move for the, for the couple, I think, to see them double those efforts um, now, I think, uh, certainly took everyone that has been involved in that initiative by surprise, but was very much celebrated. I'm just always blown away by the power of the Sussex Squad. I mean, this is not the first time, like you said, that they've raised money and awareness and attention to these important causes. And I think it's so great that Harry and Meghan now are also matching that work, right? They've not only inspired this group of people to do good and raise money for others who need it, but now they're saying, oh, if you, you know, are doing all this amazing work, we also want to support you back just like you've supported us and we'll match. And what's great is that, you know, the people that need it the most are really the ones benefiting from all of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Megan has a close relationship with CamFed, as, as does Harry. Both of them have spoken on behalf of the charity before. We obviously saw on International Women's Day last year, Megan mm. appearing on a panel alongside the executive director of CamFed, um, who's also an, uh, an alumni of CamFed. Mm. And it was during their tour of Africa last year, which you and I are on, where we saw Harry and Megan join, um, or well, Megan virtually and Harry physically, uh, an event in uh, Lilongwe in Malawi. Um, which again was sort of, uh, I guess, shows how close they are with the, with the charity. But with the money that's raised, and we're looking at, you know, uh, almost two, or is now over $260,000, 113 women in Africa can now go through higher education, which is an incredible oh. achievement. So hats off to everyone involved. Um, yeah, that's really amazing. Impressive, impressive achievement. Mm -hmm, very cool. Speaking, we, you know, we just talked about the Southern Africa tour last year, which feels like a million years ago. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and as does the launch of Megan's Smart Set collection, which she launched almost this time wow. last year. Uh, if you can remember that, it does far feel back like then. a lifetime ago. <laughs> what was it like back then? Megan Tell launched... me. <laughs> She launched a workwear capsule collection for the charity Smartworks, mm. which of course she's a royal patron of. Um, and it's been a year since then. So this was an opportunity to look back on what's been achieved during that time, but also speak to some of the women whose lives have been changed by Smartworks, including during you know the last six months, a very uh, unusual period of time. Because of course Smartworks mm. is a very hands-on 
uh, system where you know women are sort of empowered and uh, enabled and, and given the tools to get back into the workplace um, no matter what their background is or the difficulties they faced before and a lot of that is to do you know down to in-person one-on-one training uh, the wardrobe building the confidence building everything that comes with that and of course the charity has had to move completely virtual in the mm. recent months, but it hasn't stopped them from doing everything that they usually do, um, if not on an even bigger scale, thanks to the success of things like uh, the Smart Set Collection. And also, if you think about it now, this kind of works more important than ever uh, to bring it full circle. You know, we had William and um, Kate helping people, job seekers, people are at work right now looking for new jobs. And so, uh, you know, Megan's the charity that she works with is also helping women look for jobs and, you know, prepare their skills in the best light possible. People are really going to need that right now. So it's great that they're able to work within the limitations of lockdown and this pandemic to make sure that people who need it and probably who really need it right now are getting the resources that they need. And it was so great to see Megan, mm. especially in this new location. Oh, man, is this? Well, yes. <laughs> where is she? Because I wasn't sure. When I first saw this, I wasn't exactly sure if this was the new house or not. So can you confirm? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the room that we've seen her and Harry in, uh, in their new home in Montecito mm-hmm. a number of times. But I think what got everyone online gassed about this is that it was a slightly more pulled out shot. Mm. So we got to see a little more of the room than we had done before. So we actually got to see above the mantelpiece um, of the fireplace. Um, and on, above that was uh, the corner of an image. I mean, it really was just a small but That's amount. all you needed. That didn't, <laughs> it did not stop the internet from doing their job, <laughs> which is investigating on a sort of MI5 level. Um, and it what, didn't take long for it to come out that it was actually the cover of the sheet music for I Love You, California, which oh, of I course is that. a regional anthem of the state. And, you know, I feel like the, the couple really, you know, they, they clearly picked a place that they love and they obviously are very happy there. Um, but it's kind of nice to see these little signs throughout the work that they do and the things, you know, supporting the local organizations mm. and charities and doing the volunteer work and just these little signs like this. They clearly feel very welcome in California. Like you said, they clearly love it. Although it's it's a spot that's pretty easy to love. Have you spent much time in Southern California, Omid? I have. You actually. have. Okay, um, so you know the, some, the weather yeah, there. I, I I miss it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of always joke. I'm like, if anyone wants to move to the place with the perfect climate, I mean, it's it's Southern California. It's where they're living. It's just 75 and sunny every single day, and their neighborhood in particular is just um, so gorgeous. I mean, it's hard to describe how beautiful it is. It's it's remote, but still, you know, it's very close to Santa Barbara, so you still have a, a large enough city. Um, and it, I love the fact that they must love it. They must love it so much. They bought the sheet music for the state. I mean, if that just doesn't scream, this is my new home and I'm proud of it, I don't know what does. <laughs> and I think also this, you know, I remember one thing about when they were decorating Frogmore Cottage is that a source had said to me at the time that they're not, a, you know, that they're sort of love a mix of high and mm. low. And so a lot of their artwork at home was actually sort of uh, prints and posters that they had oh, had cool. framed or sort of professionally mounted. And again, I think this is sort of a sign of that. So, you know, they, they may have moved into this like stunning, insanely expensive home, but there's still that sort of like 
mix of the low and high, which I think makes it quite fun and accessible. Yeah. You may you have know. like 37 so. bathrooms, but you have a low end piece of art. <laughs> it's not actually 37, don't quote me on that, but it is a lot of bathrooms. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the sheet music may be the only thing there that I can... That you could put. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very cool addition, I love it. We will see a little bit more of Harry and Meghan over the days ahead. In fact, ABC will be revealing Time Magazine's annual list of the 100 most influential people. And on that television extravaganza will be Harry and Meghan, alongside the likes of The Weeknd, Trevor Noah, Sandra Oh, John Legend. It'll be a truly interesting event because, of course, it's the first time that the Time 100 list has been televised in sort of an entertainment type format. We don't know if Harry and Meghan are on it or if they're oh, going to be presenting to someone. We know they're going to be there. But it will. Yeah, mm -hmm. we know they'll be there. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern on September 22nd. Check it out. Um, surprises are plenty, I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> And we get to see both of them, which is always exciting, in a exactly. in a real life a lot event. Of, a lot of yeah, a lot of talk this week about the fact that they were credited or referred to as just Harry and Meghan. Oh yeah, what was that TV all about? Promo. Was that a big deal? You know, firstly, I mean, if you look at most headlines about Meghan, she's still Meghan Markle. So I don't oh, think this is something we should yeah. read into too much. I actually asked a source, and they said, you know, this isn't the beginning of like them ditching their titles and just going all Madonna on us. <laughs> uh, this is, I think this is just how, how it works within the sort of more, I guess, casual format mm -hmm. of the, the teaser for the show. I know, I feel but like- But I'm here for it, you're here. I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like we're at that point now where anytime something remotely happens with or without their titles, it's gonna be a story. Yeah. Even well, when it's not a story. <laughs> One thing that did make stories this week was uh, Barbados's announcement that they would remove Queen yeah. Elizabeth as head of state. What was this all about? Is this something we expected or even knew was under consideration? What's interesting about this is that Barbados took a step towards independence mm. in the UK in 2003 when it replaced the London-based Judicial Committee of the Privy Council with their own Caribbean Court of Justice located in Trinidad. That's just a little bit of backstory. So this has been a move, I guess, uh, to sort of, I guess, step away from a colonial past or as the uh, nation's first premier, Errol Barrow said, uh, moving away from loitering on colonial premises. Um, and this, of course, this decision for the queen to be removed to head of state, again, is, is part of that. In fact, the governor general, Dame Sandra Mason uh, read a speech written by the Prime Minister announcing the move earlier this week and said uh, in that speech that the time has come to fully leave our colonial past mm. behind. Now, of course, Barbados remains part of the Commonwealth. That does not change. The Commonwealth realm is still strong. But that does mean that the number of uh, places that the Queen is still head of state in gets a little bit smaller. We're down to the UK and 15 other countries. And, you know, I think what's interesting about that is that there is already talk that, well, Jamaica has already flagged mm. a similar sort of tra transition. And uh, we may even see Trinidad and Tobago or Dominica and Guyana also proceed with their plans to become a republic. So, 
This is an interesting shift. I know that we've certainly seen reports that with some countries, um, that some places are just waiting for the succession to start oh, a debate on, on whether that would happen. Of course, rem- remember Australia, when they held a referendum on removing the Queen in 1999, mm. um, their proposal to become a republic was defeated by 45% to 55%, mm. so very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting paths up ahead. It'll be, it'll be. I'm curious to see what will happen with this, but certainly a, a big moment in history. Yeah, well, you can see, you know, obviously there's such a strong tradition, and I think a lot of people do hold on to uh, the tradition of the past and of the royal family. But there also is this progress of moving forward and you know changing the monarchy for the modern world. And so, what does that look like? This year, five years from now, 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now, that's going to be a big question for them to tackle. Absolutely. Maggie, I saw you yesterday, and when I saw you, I couldn't help but notice your lovely mask. You have worn Um, uh, quite a selection of them. Thank you so much for noticing. I really am into face mask fashion, and I have quite a few colors, quite a few fabrics, quite a few styles. Uh, but I did notice that you were missing something. What? Something that Princess Anne has been flexing uh, this week. This is what I need, Omid. <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> Princess Anne made headlines this week for her personalised mask that had the emblem bestowed upon her by the monarchy uh, embroidered on the edge of it, which I feel like is possibly the biggest flex it of all time when it comes to face <laughs> Oh, I'm face sorry. Do you, do you know who I am? In case my face mask was <laughs> blocking who I am, here's the reminder of my royalty. <laughs> I need that, Omid. But I can, see, I can see this being a trend. Um, yeah. I would like to see more members of the royal family pick it up. Maybe it's something to bring into the Buckingham Palace or Kensington Palace gift shop. You know what? I think you could start something here, Omid. This could be your next billion-dollar idea. <laughs> We'll discuss you and I. Let's discuss this offline. Yeah, we can't let everyone in on our business (laughs) secrets. (laughs) Maggie is always so much fun, as always, going through the news with you every week. Um, I sometimes get to the the start of a new week and wonder what there will be. There's always something, isn't there? There's always something. (laughs) Always, yeah. They they know how to deliver. Um, Guys, um, I am still compiling your questions for a future Q and A session with Maggie and. Ooh, can't wait. Uh, we have some fun ideas in the bag um, but please keep them coming in uh, send them out to Maggie Rooley at Maggie Rooley on Twitter or at Scoby for myself just use the hashtag the airpod to stay in touch with us and a big thank you to the guys in New York for always making the show happen Anthony Alley Leighton Schneider and Mike Dubusky and forever in your debts as am I to you Maggie <laughs> oh you as well give my love to Yoshi always fun catching up Omid <laughs> I will do. Take care and look after each other, everyone. See you next Friday.